and welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonato. Black Knight Nation podcast is brought to you by Higher Echelon, the company run by Joe Ross, who's a former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, former Army officer, and a guest on the Black Knight Nation podcast. Check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, we have a lot of uh, great interviews like the one we're going to have today, joined by co-host Steve Anderson. Uh, Steve Anderson on the road joining us. We appreciate that. And we're going to introduce our guest for tonight, uh, former Army defensive lineman Bobby Coe. Bobby, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Bobby, joining us from the from the great city of St. Louis. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good, man. It's good. Well, uh, yeah, dude, just, uh, you know, thanks for coming on. Always good to reconnect with you, man. Good seeing you. Uh, follow you on uh, on uh, on Facebook a little bit. Listen to your uh, your little real estate tidbits as I dip my toes in the real estate world as a as a homeowner that's renting out for the first time. So uh, it's good, man. Uh, it's always good seeing the guys doing some stuff that they found a passion for outside of uh, you know football, army, and all that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I, I hope they're useful. I hope they're useful. <laughs> I know it, they are, man. And we'll get to it. Um, what we like to kind of just kind of start is, you know, just kind of hear your story and and then go from, you know, Bobby Coe as a junior, senior in high school and how Army recruited you all the way to, uh, you know, the father, the husband and, and the real estate agent, Bobby Coe. So, um, yeah, man, if you can just kind of talk, talk to us about how did how did Army ever come on your radar and um, how did you end up? you know, starting at, at uh, prep school or our day or, or, or your journey there? Yeah, so uh, it, it was it was interesting. So I didn't know what West Point was uh, going to high school. I wasn't a, I wasn't always the best student. Um, I, I definitely, you know, had had some behavior issues, I'd say. Um, but no, I was I was talking to Colorado State. I was talking to San Diego State. Um, and then once West Point entered the conversation, my dad was like, that's it. You're going to West Point. We're like, he, I'm, I'm pretty certain that he cut off all the other offers. Um, just cause he was like, Hey, he's like, you need the structure. You need the, you know, support that West Point provides. So yeah, man, I was, uh, I was hoping to go to San Diego state and do some partying. And then I, uh, found myself on my first flight ever. So my first flight in my life was, was out to West Point. Um, went out there with my pops and it was a done deal. We, I got recruited by coach Lyles. Uh, he knew, he knew my high school coach uh, back in their NFL days. So coach Lyles came out and then uh, coach, coach Payam Sadat at the time came out and uh, came out to the house. I think with coach Ellerson as well, they both came out to the house and talked to the family and we signed the papers. Yeah. I, I, what was your dad's? Why was he so uh, into West Point? How did he know about it? What was uh, or is it just like the institution of West Point? He knew that was best for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was the institution. Um, he, he knew, obviously, about the military academy more than I did. I think when I was about 13 years old, I saw an Army Air Force game. And the only thing that I thought was like, wow, those dudes must do a lot of push ups. <laughs> um, so. So, yeah, I mean, once he once we went out there too, just the history um, and, you know, all the great men and women that have graduated from the academy. He's like, you know, this is this is a place that you this is the place you need to go to. Um, 
and also just, you know, after, after football, cause you know, we all have the dream, especially in high school, like we're all going to play in the NFL and all that stuff. Um, but he understood like the reality of all that. So he's like, you know, you want to be set up after the fact and West Point will, will do exactly that. Yeah. Uh, love, you know, oh, Bobby Love, Coach Lyles, you know, he was my position coach. And of course, Coach Sadat, me and him still stay in touch uh, to this day. You know, definitely. Um, he's actually down in Texas now. I'm going to try to link up with him next time I head down to Texas. So, uh, nice. but yeah, no, that's, um, that's, uh, it's, you know, good. It's pretty similar. You know, I think, I think my dad wasn't that direct with it, but he was definitely like, hey, why don't you give this a shot? Um, and, uh, you know, definitely having, you know, going to the prep school, um, was a good leeway for me since there was no commitment afterwards. And it was just kind of like, you know, give it a shot, see what it's like. Um, and I think you'll, you'll find it a little more doable than, than you think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The prep school is huge for me too. Um, you know, well, were you always a young guy for your age, or did that? Um, I, I was in the middle, December. Yeah, okay, so, so I was about so in the middle. I think the prep school maturity, physically, mentally, emotionally, um, was huge for me, man. Like that was that was definitely the the best uh, part of it was getting that one more year of maturity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if if I wouldn't have gone to prep school. Uh, plebe year would have been it was already rough but it would have been <laughs> a rude awakening uh, now, uh were you guys did you guys do the double eagle flex at prep you know i don't think we did i'm trying to remember i mean i was playing i was playing tackle at the time um so i just lined up in a three technique it didn't really matter to me yeah you know, it was it was the same thing every time over the left or over the right guard um, so it was pretty simple. Just hit that gap or hit this gap. That was yeah. pretty good. These two guys and let, you know, whoever was behind you, uh, yeah. try to fill the gap. Exactly. That's good, man. Um, what were, um, who are the, who are some of the guys at prep school that kind of solidified you going to try the freshman year or guys that you knew, uh, you would probably make an impact, you know, three, four years down the road. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we had some great, uh, you know, grad assistant coaches uh, that really had an impact. I mean, coach Simi uh, was the head coach at the time, yep. him and coach green. So, you know, they always had my back um, great support system there. And then in terms of buddies, you know, Clayton Keller uh, was probably my top guy. So, you know, if I ever needed somebody to lean on, we kind of we kind of leaned on each other throughout prep school, and uh, you know, just once you make that that connection with the guys, and you know, I kind of shared suffering, if you will, um, just going through all the military stuff, you know, going to football with them every day. We we created a pretty tight knit group uh, fairly quickly, and I was like, yeah, we're we're all gonna go through and do it. It, it was really no question from prep school to. I mean, I take that back. I had a couple a couple moments of doubt um, went out to Colorado. My brother played at university of Colorado, went out there. Uh, the coaches were like, Hey, you know, we can get you a preferred walk on spot, you know, maybe hopefully down the road, get you a scholarship. I did consider that. Um, 
but just the connection that I had with the coaches, the guys, I mean, coach Ellerson was huge in that with me as well. And, you know, it was pretty much a done deal once I got to West Point. Yeah. I don't think it's, uh, I don't think that's, you know, unique to, to you as far as, you know, thinking about leaving or, or playing with the idea of leaving, you know, I, I think I always go back to the phrase or the quote, whatever you want to say is, West Point's one of those places you hate it while you're there, and then you just – you love going back there. Um, as far as all the other aspects, the only thing that, you know, keeps you there is is the football guys and football, at least, you know, for me. that Everything else was kind of like a, a means to an ends. Uh, yeah. Really, your senior year when you really start putting some, some other things in perspective. Yeah. How- how did you guys do prep school? You guys remember your wins loss or or overall? Because that was probably what year was that? that two thousand ten. Okay, so that was like year two of the 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 Ellerson coaching staff, um, right? Yeah, yeah, I think you're I think you're spot on with that. Um, it was it was interesting. We. I'll never forget. We went down to South Alabama and they were, I believe, a, I don't know if they were D1 double A getting prep primed for single A, but I mean, they were a much bigger school. Like when we showed up, the stadium was packed. They, I think they thought they were playing big army. Um, <laughs> and I, I remember we showed up and that, that was a brutal game. I mean, we were playing, you know, juniors and seniors that were starting uh, for that school, but we, we played a, uh, we played a couple teams tough, like Nassau Prep. Um, you know, they're always a pretty good team. They put a lot of big-time guys out to SEC, stuff like that. Um, but, no, anything that was relatively local, I think we ended up getting the win. Uh, but whenever we traveled those farther distances to play those bigger teams, it was always a grind. Yeah. Yeah. The um... Yeah, Nassau was always good. You know, we played Milford, I think, when we were at the Prep Academy or when we were at Prep, um, and they were always good. Um, but, yeah, so w- talk to me about that 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 year from, you know, basically, okay, you're at Prep, you're having some doubts. You probably had some doubts your freshman and sophomore year too, but talk to me about kind of transitioning from, you know, the prep school to now showing up to army football and your first experience with playing army football, whether that was camp um, or a game or, or a memory that you have that really is set in your mind for, okay, now I'm part of army football. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't really know. um, Yeah. I didn't know how it'd stack up when I first got there, right. To, to West point. Um, I knew where I, I knew where I stood uh, at prep. Yeah, I started pretty much every game unless I had a nagging injury or something like that. Like I started every single game at, at defensive line. Um, I knew Ellerson liked me. And when I got to when I got to West Point, you know, just kind of you, you, we see all you guys and you guys are all, you know, two, three years in the weight room. Some, you know, some of the seniors four. Um, so it was a little bit intimidating, um, you know, especially going through. I'll say going to prep school and then going to our day, like going through beast um, beast was a lot easier after having already done it at the prep school. So I was, I was pretty grateful for that. Um, but I, it wasn't until they moved me to nose guard that 
I was like, okay, you know, I, I, I have a shot at playing because I, I really just didn't know. Um, so they put me, they put me with, uh, with Mike Gann. I think one of my, one of my memories is actually you yelling at me for, for jumping off sides. Cause every once in a while they would rotate me in <laughs> and uh, we were in practice and uh, you got on me cause I was, I was playing right over the center, you know, the ball's right in my face. And uh, I jumped off sides and I remember you, you gave me an earful, earful for it, but it was good. You know, I, I don't think I jumped off sides in practice after that. Um, but no, I mean, I was a, you know, it was, it was a difficult transition going from, you know, high school, I was more of an outside guy. I actually played wide receiver, tight end, linebacker, you know, defensive end, but I was always more of like a five technique. Uh, then they put me like smack dab in the middle and I was, you know, maybe 250 at the time. I mean, Mike Gann, what was he like? 275, 280 or something like that. Probably played about 280. Yeah. 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 So I was, I was playing behind Mike. Coming out of beast too. That's not, <laughs> yeah. that was not yeah. easy to keep weight on during there too. And then they're going to make you a nose, nose guard. And you're like, okay, well, I'm going to be the, I'm <laughs> the best pound for pound nose guard you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the advantage that, that I realized that I had after a little while was just my hand speed. Like I was able to get my hands on the, on the center pretty quickly. Um, now, if they ever crashed down or double team me, I was in trouble, um, you know, because I just didn't have the weight to to kind of keep them up. But um, but yeah, you know, it was it was good. It was a good transition. I think it was it was only a few games. Actually, the first the first game that I got brought up to varsity was our game against Rutgers in a, at a was it MetLife? Uh, the Meadowlands. Yeah. Yeah. The Meadowlands. Yeah. So so that was uh, that was my first game up on varsity. And then. You know, from there on, yeah, I, I got a couple reps. I remember the Notre Dame game uh, at Yankee Stadium. They they called for me to go in. I did not think I was going in at all because I think the week before we played Kent State, I got no reps against Kent State. So I was on the uh, other side of the field. They called they called me for the goal line package. I ended up not going in, costing a timeout. Uh, they weren't too ha- Ellerson wasn't too happy about that. Um, but funny story that actually saved me eligibility wise it was it actually played out pretty well because i didn't play any snaps i was just really on varsity you know just traveling with you guys um but yeah i mean it was good it was, once i once i started getting into a rhythm um you know it was all practice speed so i'd say the biggest jump was from freshman year to flying out to you know close to my hometown in san diego and and having that first start and, you know, getting a feel for game speed, that was definitely a different beast. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I had a good support system while I was there. You know, I had, I had some of the family stuff with my dad and all that. Um, but everybody was just, you know, there, there was overwhelming support from coaches, from teammates that, that really kind of kept me, kept me going at West Point for sure. Yeah. Uh... You and – Steve, I want to ask Bobby just about like you. You guys seem to have a pretty good relationship with you being the older player, Bobby being the younger player. But I see you guys when I was covering the team. You guys were your personalities were a lot of like you guys were kind of the guys who were the guys who were kind of the spark plugs, so to speak, or the guys who were Bobby. Well, you were an emotional player, right? I mean, you, yeah. you when you were out there, you laid it all on the line, man. I remember talking to you a bunch of times, and man, you. I mean, the coaches knew you were going to give everything. You had. I mean, how much um, did you take from like maybe a guy like Steve 
later in your career and how the lessons learned, so to speak, like you'll, you'll never jumped off sides again, but there had to be more than that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of my, my first times coming into Kimsey and it actually might've been um, my recruiting visit. I saw Steve doing power cleans and I think that was the first time I ever met him. And just the energy, I was like, dang, I, I got to compete with this, you know? And uh, I was at the time, you know, a scrawny high school. I think I was 230 soaking wet. And I go in, I see Steve power clean like 275 with ease. I'm like, okay. Um, but no, I mean, once being on being on varsity, just being surrounded by those guys. Um, yeah, I'd say two of the guys that had, you know, huge impact were, were definitely Steve and, and Mike Gann. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I learned a lot from from both. Of, and I would say both of those guys were pretty. I mean, Steve, you were a high energy player. I know Mike was a pretty high energy player. Um, yeah, I also... I also spent a lot of time with Josh McNary, who's another another guy that likes to get after it. So I was surrounded by some. I mean, that, that was a that was a pretty good football team. That defense was uh was was pretty stacked up. We lot we our record didn't speak for how good I think our defense was. I think we lost a lot of really close games that season. Yeah, oh yeah, um, yeah, and and just I would say you know mainly Steve and 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 Mike, but also Josh, um, just the tenacity that they had while they were playing. Like I was like, you know, we, I, I wanted to keep that going for sure. And then, you know, especially on the D line side, just what Mike taught me, it was like, we gotta, we gotta keep the ball rolling when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, no, I, I think the uh, it's, you know, when you have, you know, I remember, you know, looking up to guys like Mike Vitti, um, you know, who obviously is still, still, you know, putting it all out there for army football every day. Uh, and you know, I was always a, a very passionate player, even, you know, at high school and stuff. And I, that's just, that's just the way I felt comfortable, you know, that's where I felt comfortable, uh, playing the game. And, you know, it's always good to, you know, even later on after you leave and you, and you watch guys play, I mean, it's, and, and you get the experience now Bobby. but when you see guys love the game and, and, and play with passion, it's it just it, it kind of brings you back a little bit. It reminds you just how 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 you had it at one point, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely, hundred percent. But that's um, that's uh, you know, like Sal said, I you know, I remember watching you, high energy player. You know, I don't know if you guys still did the Ranger tab thing all the way through, but I'm sure you got a few Ranger tabs. Um, for for a few games i always lost it on long passes i'd always loaf on long passes and that's what caused yeah. me so yeah. coach coach should not coach in film after the game be like all right and this is the play that cost you right here steve and i'm like yeah well i made the next play so you know if i didn't if i didn't loaf maybe i wouldn't have made that play <laughs> right 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 no I, I was i was the same way i mean you know playing d-line the expectation and it's a good expectation is to, to run to the ball every single play. But I'm like, man, you know, I'm, I'm out there. I mean, some games I was out there hundred percent of the snaps on defense. Yeah. Um, and it's like, man, if I do that every single time, you know, those tackles for losses or those sacks might not come. So, so yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I definitely loafed on a, on a couple <laughs> of those longer plays for sure. It's just knowing myself. All right. It's just having yeah. self-awareness. So absolutely. what's one of your, um, What's one of your favorite, you know, games or, or favorite memories? Uh, it can be 
uh, you know, a game or it can be a, a flight or a, or a, a flight back or, or bus ride back. Yeah, I'm going to give you two. Um, the first one was my my first ever sack against Boston College. Um, that was that was pretty cool. Um, you know, I again, it was, it was just throughout my whole career. I, I just didn't know if I could be that good. Like, I think I had a little bit of a confidence issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, looking back on it, if I didn't, you know, it's, you always look like, the, the, you know, what ifs or whatever. But um, that sack, I think from from that sack, the rest of the game's on, my productivity just spiked. Because uh, it, it, it gave me the confidence. It's like, you know, in Boston College, because you, you played Boston College a couple times, right? Yeah. Like, they always had a pretty tough offensive line. Like they, uh, those are some of the biggest offensive linemen I played against. Yeah, yeah, and actually, uh, you know, Clayton Keller's good buddies with uh, Bjorn Warner, who was at Florida State at the time, and uh, Bjorn actually called me, and he was like, he was like, hey, like, you know, what were you doing? What were you seeing? Because I mean, you know, I got that sack, but I was I was pressuring the quarterback a lot, so that was one of my like realizations. Okay, I could be pretty good at this game. Yeah. Um. And then the, I would say my fondest memory was when we, I'm pretty sure we crushed Air Force uh, my sophomore year. They came out there and, you know, we hadn't beat a service academy yet. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was, that was probably my best overall performance. And uh, just, just the energy, um, Nate Combs, him and I were you trading off tackles for loss left and right. And um, just the energy on the field that day, like it's something I'll never forget. It's awesome. Was that was that game? Was that the? I remember that game? Was that the? Uh, was that at Mikey or at Air Force? Yeah, that was the one at Mikey. Yeah, nice. Yeah, our, our defense was just just everybody was playing at a high level. Like they just they couldn't do anything on offense, and and our offense was playing well. So it it was one of those games that just all the pieces fit together, and we just we got after them. And that I mean that was a good feeling for sure. Uh, do you remember what that week of practice was like? Were you just like dialed in that week? Yeah. I mean, there's always, and, and Steve can attest to this, whenever we play a service academy, there's always just a little bit more energy. You could just feel it, right? Like you, you're, you're about to play one of your rivals. Um, the Air Force coach, I think, was talking a bunch of trash just about about us. And, and he was, I think, pretty notorious for that at the time. Um, so it was great. Just high energy week. Um, and we were just dialed in. We were focused. And the beauty playing defensive line, it's like when when a 270-pound like guard or tackle lines up, like you know it's it's time to get after them, right? Like you're not playing the 310, 320 guys, you know, somebody 270. Um, there's also just that mental switch that it's like, all right, th- this guy's not beating me. Yeah. Yeah, the um everybody's a little more dialed in, you know. Unfortunately, I felt like especially younger in my career, there's just a little more pressure, which is not what you want. Right. You, you, you don't want, you want to have that, that anxious energy. That's always good. But there was, I always remember feeling a little more pressure during those weeks, which was not the best. I remember now I remember my senior year. That was the first year where I did not feel any pressure, but I remember definite pressure um, an expectation, especially, 
you know, junior year under coach, first year under coach Ellerson, um, new defense, you know, new offense, um, you know, and then of course, I, you know, I tore my ACL like the second to last play against Air Force my junior year. So that made me hate Air Force even more. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, the, um, it's good that you guys were able, you know, your memory of that week is, you know, not pressure, but being dialed in and, you know, guys you know, flying around and stuff like that. Cause that was, it was really, you know, before we kind of made that turn, I mean, that was a game that made the turn where, you know, Army was finally, you know, competing against service academies again. Um, not competing, but, you know, getting the, getting the wins. What was the, the one prior to that was what, 2005 maybe? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a while since we beat an Air Force. Yeah. I, I will say, man, that Navy game though, that was, uh, that was the biggest heartbreak of, of my career. Um, Cause you know, we, we yeah. beat, yeah, we beat Air Force pretty soundly. And then uh, I just remember, you know, being at a uh, Lincoln financial and, and the commanders in chief trophy was sitting right there. And I mean, you know, even literally during the game, you know, the entire game, it was, it was at arm's reach. You know, you could, you could, you could feel that trophy. Um, and I had to go out there. Yeah. We all know what happened that game. I had to go back out there for that last like 20 seconds sitting right over the ball. And I'm just like, is it, I'm thinking, is there a way that I can smack this out of the center's hand or do something to try to, but uh, yeah, but no, I mean, you know, going back to the, the air force game, like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's something that, you know, I'll, I'll never forget. And we, we touched on this, right? I mean, to the commander in chief. Godsey. I was just saying, we touched on it a little bit, but, you know, you kind of talked about how, you know, Mike and Josh had um, a good impact on you and how that kind of propelled, you know, uh, propelled you forward with how you wanted to be as a defensive lineman, but, we didn't really touch about who are the guys that came after you and how did you kind of, you know, bring them in um, or, or how did you want your leadership within that D line, that defensive room be um, as far as like, was there any, you know, you know, self um, self uh, improvement or self approach on how you wanted to be for the team um, thought process or, or did you ever have that deliberate thought like, all right, it's my senior year, or hey, I am, uh, I am a leader of this defense now. Like, this is how the guys are going to see me, or this is how I need to be. Yeah, um, you know, I, I'll just, I'll, I'll just be honest. You know, that that's probably one of my bigger regrets um, is is really kind of how how I left all of that. Um, I think. You know, just just personally, I, I was I was going through so much from with my family life at the time. Um, I probably went into it just a little bit more selfishly than I would have liked to. Um, but once we, so you know, obviously I, I was fourteen, and then when my dad passed away, I got bumped to fifteen. Um, so I, I got thrown in with this new group of guys that I didn't go to beast with. I didn't, you know it was just different. I was still hanging out with all of my 14 buddies and still kind of, you know, hanging out with Clayton and, you know, those guys. Um, 
but I, I will say when when me, uh, Mike, Eugeny, and uh, Richard Glover were all starting on the line, I think we had some really strong culture. Uh, we had Coach Holmes um, during that time. So during that time, it was it was uh, it was good. I mean, we we had a solid defensive line. Um, you know, when, if we ever had gaps in our defense, you know, usually the defensive line was was performing pretty well. We didn't have a whole lot of off games at that time. Um, but yeah, going into my junior year, I would say that's when us three were at our best. Um, and then, yeah, senior year, you know, I made some I made some personal mistakes um, just with the way that I handled the coaching change. Um, and I kind of I kind of lost a little bit of that. I think credibility by the way that I handled that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still made some good connections and and was still, uh, you know, Voight, uh, he came in behind me, kind of similar style player. Um, so he was a guy that that ended up playing pretty well the next two over the next two years. Um, so we left we left a little bit something for them, but you know the culture completely changed when the new coaching staff came in, and it obviously you know win wise it was for the better. Um, but yeah, that the, the senior class was in a little bit of of disarray when all of that happened. I would say, and I I don't think that's unique to West Point. I think it actually yeah. is is intensifies um, at West Point because, um, you know, I think that senior class is, you know, there's not a lot of, not a lot of time to, I don't know, in, in my, from what I've seen, there's not a lot of time for buying. You're either on the, you're either in it or, or you're not. And the coaches aren't going to waste their time with the seniors. They're going to, you know, start building from the juniors up um, for the most part. And there's probably one or two seniors that they need to get on board. Um, and the other ones are just, you know, kind of shut up in color. And I'm not saying that's what happened under the new coach, but that's just what happens when regime changes at the college level. Um, you know, I saw it in high school when we had a coaching change. I saw it, you know, I saw it the junior year when, you know, Ellerson came in after coach Brock, um, you know, kind of saw it at prep school when Coach Ross lot, lot left. All of a sudden, and Coach Brock took over. At least that was like the same coaching staff that that continued to coach. Right. Um, so there wasn't like a complete uh, change in, in in culture and everything. But I could definitely see how that could be uh, tough. And as a you know, as a 21, 22 year old. Uh, senior how that can kind of you can kind of lose yourself and, and just be like all right well I'm, look it's my last year I'm gonna I'm gonna just put my head down and and, and grind on yeah and that and I was a December grad uh too Bobby and I'll tell you man that school is way different when the you know when the guys I went to prep school with you know freshman sophomore junior senior year all with that that last six months at the academy, it was like, it was like a ghost town. I found my friend, you know, I found my buddies, and and I didn't have an eligibility year, so I didn't have football either. Yeah. So, I, you know, I was I was finding team handball friends, and, and like I was really out there. Um, but I can definitely see how the academy changes when, when you know, the guys you've built a relationship with, 
um, are all now gone and, and you're still there grinding. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually ended up staying that whole year. Um, it was a funny, funny. I went, I went and talked to the Dean and, uh, I, I, I told him, I was like, Hey, you know, I want to, I want to stay in and graduate in May. And, uh, he ended up telling me, he's like, Hey, I, I think you might be one of the only people in West Point history that is intentionally requesting to stay longer. Yeah. Um, yeah. But a big, a big reason behind that was I was dating my now wife. Um, so just timing and all that stuff. I was like, you know, let's, let's stick it out, graduate together. Um, and then obviously it worked out, you know, we have, we're married, two kids and stuff like that. So, um, but no, yeah, it was, it was, it was one of the most humbling, I think, experiences of my life. Um, cause you know, under the Ellerson coaching staff and having started, sophomore year, junior year, um, having some big games, um, you know, on junior year, I was, uh, I was the leader representative on the, on the D line. Um, and then kind of having a new coaching staff and then everybody starting off at square one with the coaches, like, you know, they didn't care who started, like it was just, everybody is on a level playing field. Um, you know, I, I think I just being a 22, 23 year old kid, I, I didn't handle it too well. Um, and I kind of, I think there's a little bit of an entitlement there, like, oh, hey, I put in all this time for this team and, and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it, like I said, it was, it was a, it was a great learning lesson. Um, but it wasn't easy. It was, it definitely wasn't easy, but, but it was, uh, you know, like I said, great, great, great learning experience for sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, you know, and you're, you're able to look back at it now, um, and take those lessons learned and, and know what you could have done better and, and stuff. So it's, it's not like you just, you thought you did everything right and there was nothing, you know, you could have done better. So, it, you know, it just, t- it takes time to see those things sometimes, which is, which is good. I think most of us, I think most of us go through that. Yeah, so. absolutely. Now, Bob, so your final football season was 15 then? Yeah. All right. Um, all right, and then uh, you guys, you know, obviously go out with a loss against Navy. Um, and then did you guys have a bowl game that year? No, no, that that was really, you know, that was the first Munkin season. Um, it was really kind of just a rebuild. Yeah. Kind of do the best you can with what you got kind of situation. Was that – I can't remember, Sal, maybe you remember. Was that like a 2-10 and ten season or something? That was the year before. Yeah, 2 and 10 was 2015. Um, 2014 was what, Bobby? Did you guys have five wins or no? Yeah, yeah. I think we we did okay both my sophomore and – sophomore year was a little rougher. I think junior year we played a little bit better. Um, And then, yeah, senior year was was pretty rough. So 15 was was my last year um, of eligibility. So 2 and 10, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that was that was a rough season. Um, you know, again, I mean, we had because of the coaching change, we had big time players, you know, quit, um, you know, no longer playing. Like I know, you know, my, my roommate at the time ended up not, you know, just bouncing. He's like, I'm not going to deal with this. And uh, so, yeah, you know, it was a yeah, it, it was a transition. I mean, we we had the same thing, Bobby. I mean, I had especially. You know, we had a really good player in Jamison Carter who uh, who didn't play his fresh his senior year. Um, you know, he was a great you know slot back receiver type guy. 
Um, my one of my closest buddies, um, who was a linebacker his entire career, <laughs> was you know moved to offensive tackle uh, under Ellison. He was like, he gave it like spring ball, and he was like, dude, I can't. This is this isn't even who I am. I despise yeah. tackles. Like I'm a linebacker. Yeah, I can't even. I can't even actually do this. <laughs> like, so they they, um, gave, they gave me that pitch, and I just, I just flat there. There wasn't a chance that I was gonna go to the O line. Yeah, and uh, again, dude, you're man. You know, I know we call eighteen year olds adults, but you're really not an adult until you're about 25, 26. Totally. and uh, you know, mentally. Um. So, but yeah, no, I think. Um, I, I think you're, you know, what you went through, uh, you know, the, the two very, you know, obviously your family situation and then the coaching change, you know, boom, boom is, uh, you know, you, you have a lot to take away from it as a leader. I'm sure. You took, you took that in perspective when you became a, a platoon leader. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You were, you were a engineer, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. By by the grace of God, I, I branched engineers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, I mean it, it. It all translated to you know just me becoming a better leader. You know, both in the military and the civilian world, um, in business. So yeah, I mean it was. It, yeah, it, it stung for a while. You know, just just that whole transition and and kind of going through that. And I mean, just football being over in general. Um, you know it it stings a little bit, you know? Um, I was fortunate enough. I, I did after the fact, um, I did a pro day and that was, that was kind of my, you know, Hey, I'm done with it. I gave it my best attempt. Um, I talked to a couple teams and you know, they just, they just leveled with me. They're like, Hey, we can bring on some guys that are as good as you, if not better. And they haven't been out in the military for two years. Yeah. And I was just like, hey, I respect it. You know, I, I, I feel like I performed yeah. well at the pro day. Um, so, you know, I, I left it all out there. I was after that, I think I was able to hang up my cleats and, and, and be proud. You know, it's like yeah. I, I went through it and, and gave it an attempt at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very similar, man. Yeah, I went to a regional combine and, you know, I think we all know a few people that are, uh, you know, coaching or in the league or, or, you know, can give it to us straight and not give us the, the scout pitch or the, you know, the, the, you know, oh man, we'd love to have you. We just, you know, we don't have the room or whatever kind of, whatever kind of way, just tell me to straight. And, you know, yeah. bottom line is, is you can deviate from the, 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 the standard of what they see at that position very little by some astronomical factors. And if you're not that, you know, for me, they were like, look, if you're not the, if you're not the 6'2", 245 middle linebacker, um, like you got to be able to do something extremely special. Yeah. Uh, and of course my, you know, I was like, well, I can play special teams. That can always, <laughs> that can always be an option, but you yeah. know, um, but yeah, no, um, so when you so you branched engineers, you became a platoon leader. Um, what what were some of the things that you took away from Army football that helped you lead with either you know that team mentality or that you know work ethic or, or what are some of the things that you think translated from 
Army football that made you a, you know, either a good uh, or well-rounded platoon leader? Yeah. So, so kind of going back to, I think, my junior year when I was on that leadership council, um, you know, it, it was one of those things you, you can't expect anybody to do anything that you're not doing yourself. Um, so that was something that just leadership wise stuck with me as a platoon leader. So, you know, if I'm the PL and I'm in the back of runs or if I'm even, you know, in the middle of runs, um, you know, how are my soldiers going to get better? Like those guys that are struggling with PT, you know, how are those guys going to get better, any better? So that was a big thing. It's like, you know, always, always being up out in front, um, being, you know, obviously coming out of football, going into the military, you know, being as physically dominant as possible um, was a big thing. And then, you know, it, it the, the soldiers, not only that, but obviously with engineers, there is a lot of more of like the technical stuff that goes along with it. So it's like being competent in both the physical and the technical or intellectual, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, you had to be top tier at both of those things. And then once once your soldiers could look and say, hey, this guy's competent, um, he's going to be able to lead us if we do get into a sticky situation. Um, you know, that was one of the big things that I took away from football. It's like, you know, like I said, you just you can't expect anybody to do anything that you're you're not doing or something that you're not doing. So, yeah, that was that was probably the biggest thing that I took away from football and applied to being a PL. Yeah. Um, now did uh... – were you and your wife able to be in the MACP at that time? And were you guys able to serve together or not serve together, but at the same post? Yeah. So, so we actually didn't get married until 2017. So the first year, so she, she branched field artillery. I branched engineers. So I was at Fort Leonard Wood. And then uh, just because, yeah, I was, I was, fortunate enough to get engineers. It was my first choice. Um, so I was low, definitely lower on the totem pole when it came, come to posting, came to posting. Um, so I ended up staying at Fort Leonard Wood, uh, for my first, you know, duty station. And then I went out to Korea. Um, so all of that was, you know, a year and a half, two year timeline, roughly. Um, once I got back is when we decided, Hey, you know, we're, we're trying to, get posted together it's most likely not going to happen so we ended up doing the you know typical route we got married on paper um ended up doing the mac p we got stationed at fort bliss together um and then we were able to and it was it was interesting it wasn't it wasn't what we expected because we were in different brigades so we were in different training cycles um so i would go out into the field she would be at home right when i got home they were gearing up for going out to the field same with like NT, NTC and stuff like that. Um, but no, at least we were able to, you know, be together physically at, at times and, uh, you know, establish that connection and stuff. Yeah, no. Um, <clears throat> now, did you guys, did you leave the military from Fort Bliss or did you do one more PCS from there? Yeah, so I went I went and did a captain's career course back at Leonardwood. Yeah. Um, I ended up getting my master's at Missouri S&T. They have a you know pretty convenient engineer program where yeah. you know you just serve your full time student basically. So I ended up doing that, um, and then I stayed for another year and a half or so as a platoon trainer for okay. Bullock. Um, right. Yeah, so I was able to you know mentor the new lieutenants coming in. Um, I was with a, a fellow football player, Justin Newman, wide receiver. So you know we were able to 
connect and, and have a good time out there and, you know, coach up the young guys. So that was, and then after that, um, you know, it was a hard decision. There was the, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing in the military for me was just the camaraderie and, uh, you know, the like-mindedness and yeah. you know, knowing everybody has your back. Um, you know, everywhere you go, you're going to build connect lifelong connections with, you know, fellow PLs, fellow, you know, captains, uh, NCOs. So, you know, Molly at the time she got out and, uh, you know, got pregnant with our first kid and we just made the family decision that, uh, Hey, it was, it was time for me to call it quits. And yeah. So it was, I think I was in one year after the initial commitment. So six years. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, did you know you were going to do, cause I know as an engineer, I, I would, just assume you go some kind of engineer path right when you get out of the army. But um, what, what was that transition like losing, you know, you know, you go through a transition and I obviously haven't gone through this yet. I'm still, I'm still, you know, rowing away at it, <laughs> but you know, you, I imagine it probably was pretty similar to after you hang up the cleats or put the cleats in the box kind of feeling where, okay, I just lost a piece of my identity um, or at least I just lost something that created my identity. How am I going to, how am I going to put, you know, what am I replacing it with or how am I going to fill that void now? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'll kind of talk through my, my, you know, transition and, and what all went down there. Cause it's, it's, you know, fairly interesting. Cause yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I had, I had like the systems management bachelor's from West Point. I got my systems engineering or no, I think I got those flipped, but I got my systems uh, manage engineering management, sorry, engineering management uh, master's from Missouri S and T. Um, I was actually, you know, we were minutes away from putting a down payment on a new build out in Arizona. And I was going to go take a job at the uh, Honeywell out there. Um, Meanwhile, all, while all this is happening, you know, COVID hits probably mm. during my last my last year. Yeah. So Fort Leonard Wood um, came up with this policy that anybody that had my, my son was born, Bobby, he was he was born at the time. Um, anybody that had a kid one year old or younger was quarantined, like at the house, not coming in, you know, not going anywhere, doing anything, you know, out of a certain radius. Um, so I was an instructor at the time. They didn't allow anything via zoom just because of security reasons and all of that. They hadn't figured that out. Um, so there's no way for me to really do my job. So, um, first couple months, you know, I was out there, I, I had a couple acres at the time I was out there building chicken coops and gardens and, you know, just trying to fill my time with something. <laughs> I, I came back with like a, like a little box and it was chirping and I got like six or seven little chicks. And my wife was just like, what are you, Molly was just like, what are you doing? Um, God, and, uh, so, you know, during that time I was, I was just bored. Uh, the, it was, it was just painfully boring. Um, and I was like, you know what? It's like, I, how about I apply this to something that's going to make me some money, you know, benefit my family. Um, so I started, I started looking into flipping houses. Um, so I did, I did about a year of just 
pure education, listening to podcasts, reading books. And then while I was at Fort Leonard Wood, I think I flipped like three or four houses. And I was like, this is, this is pretty sweet. You know, I was actually doing a lot of the work, which I don't think I would ever do again because I'm not a contractor. I'm not that good at it. Um, but I was doing a lot of the work, um, you know, trying to cut costs and all that stuff. And then, you know, I made 25, 30 grand on my first one. And I was like, man, this is, I was like, this is pretty sweet. You know, that nice little influx of cash. So I, I always knew that once I started doing it and I, and I got it down a little bit, I was like, you know, this is definitely something that I want to do. And just out of nowhere, um, I was talking with James Duncan. Uh, he's a, he's an old West Point football player. Does a lot of the the kind of recruiting and stuff for us to uh, you know find us jobs and, and kind of like a headhunter type deal. Um, so I was talking to him, and I was like, "Yeah, hey, you know, project manager, something engineering management related." And then also, you know, just throwing it out there, like real estate. If you got anything that's you know real estate related, let me know. Um, and he actually was good buddies with Jimmy Vreeland, who is now the owner of the companies that I work for. And, uh, he connected us. And I think within like a month or two, our plans from going out to Phoenix changed to moving an hour and a half down the road to St. Louis and kind of been here since. Man, that is, uh, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty interesting how, you know, you, you know, a lot of people, you know, had to figure out what to fill that void during COVID was. I was, you know, I was uh, deployed on the Southwest border mission at that point. So like, it was very interesting to come back to see what big army COVID rules were because we weren't, we were just down on the border keeping, you know, illegal immigrants from coming into America. Like we, there was no like, you know, I, I, Fort Campbell did the same thing. Hey, we're going to do remote. Like, you're going to call in, you're going to have conversations over over phones, or you're not going to talk about anything because there's no security in it. Yeah. Uh, and people did the same thing. You know, I, I think I think that's cool that, you know, you, you realize that you can't build too many chicken coops before your wife turns you in this, you know, probably gets you checked out. Uh, yeah. and, and you looked at, you know, a way to kind of, you know, you know, increase your footprint in, in your area, which is really cool. You know, like I, like I said earlier, you know, we just, we bought, uh, we bought and held our first house in Colorado Springs and we're renting it, um, right now, not a flip or anything, but you know, we, we put some work into it for sure though. Um, so I, you know, I started, you know, I, I've got, I've got several buddies, you, Mark Allen, um, you know, a, 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 a few buddies that do real estate. And I'm always, whatever free chicken you guys give, I'm always listening to it um, to see what I can do to, you know, to, to, to help my knowledge of, of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. If I could go back, I would, I would have bought a house at every duty station, which was, you know, I would have Molly buy a house at Fort Sill with the VA loan. I would have bought my first house at Fort Leonard Wood, gone to Fort Bliss. We would have bought a house there. I mean, the VA loan and the opportunity that we get, like it is, it's one of the best best wealth builder, builders that, you know, is available to people. Yeah. And I think, I think that what, for me as, you know, an army football brother and, you know, someone who just likes seeing guys do well that, that I've, 
you know, that have touched me or I've touched them in their lives is you definitely have a passion for it. Right. Oh, like, yeah, for sure. I don't feel like, you know, you're just like slogging away at like real estate, just grinding like, OK, I got to check in, check out. I got to, you know, all right, let me let me uh, let me do this quick video and make sure people know I still know what I'm talking about or whatever. No, nah, man, it's like it's like Bobby Coe's giving you like. Like I, I just watched the one where you're like, all right, I just got uh just got stood up. Yeah. <laughs> just got stood up. But you know what? I'm in the area, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna benefit you guys real quick. Let me let me bring you on and show you what, what I've been working on. And that's the kind of stuff that you know you don't have to do and you only do it because you have a passion for what you do and you're trying to, you know, help out other people. And I think that is one of you know, as me and Sal do these podcasts. There's always some kind of theme that we see out of all these Army football players is they're trying to make the world better in their capacity. Yeah. Right. They're not selfish with the way they handle their passion or their profession or or their free time where it's all about me. Um, you know, nobody's making you do those those those. Hey, check it out. If you're not thinking about this, this and this or. Hey, if you're in this situation, let me give you five quick things that, you know, nobody's making you do that. And you're only doing it um, because it's helping out other people. And that and that's, again, your passion and me as an as as a friend and just a guy that likes seeing guys, you know, do well. Um, you know, it it makes me feel good that you, you found, you know, it gives me hope when I get out. <laughs> There's going to be something that I have a passion for. Yeah. Uh, that that I can bring that same kind of energy to. Yeah, for sure, man. No, it's been a, you know, it all it all happened for a reason. You know that I know my wife at the time. Um, you know, she her family's from Arizona, and we we will get back to Arizona eventually. Um, but you know, taking this opportunity was was new for us. It was it was kind of you know venturing out to the wilderness a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you know, you, you're exactly right. Like I love I love it, um, man. You know guys from the team will hit me up like, Hey, I, I got a bid on my HVAC system. That was, was this, does that sound right to you? I'm like, ass eh, a little steep, you know, here, here's how you can negotiate with them. Um, or, you know, some, some, some guys want to get into it, man. I love talking about it. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, it, it doesn't feel like work. Um, although I am working, you know, and I'm being productive and I'm, I, I run a team and, and all of that, um, it just doesn't feel like it. Like if guys hit me up, you know, they want to hop on a Zoom call where it's like other, like these other guys you see on Instagram, they'll be like, okay, that's going to be $5,000 for my time. It's like, no, like I, I want to, you know, spread as much information and as knowledge as possible. Um, and exactly what you said, man, I'm just within my sphere of influence, doing whatever I can to help those people out. Like that's what it's all about. Yeah, man. Good. Where can uh, they find these videos, Bobby? Where can people find these videos? Yeah, so uh, Instagram and Facebook is probably what I'm most active on. So if you just you know follow me on one of those, um, I I got I got a little social media coach that's you know kind of correcting me on on some of my video tactics and stuff. But uh, but yeah, man, like and and he it's funny because he asked me what my goals were, and it's just hey, I, I just want to connect with like minded people. Um, you know, put out some good information. Um, and, you know, if we get to a position down the road with some of these folks where we do some deals together and it's a win-win, 
know, that, that's, that's kind of what we're looking for, but yeah, Instagram and Facebook. Um, yeah, I'm just, just getting started. So it, it's all on there right now. Are you at Bobby Co or what, how do they, if they just search Bobby Co, will they find you or no? Yeah. Yeah. So Facebook's just Bobby Co and then Instagram, Instagram's Bobby Co 99. There you go. You got to keep that Jersey number, right, Steve? That's right. Hey, hundred percent. Five Oh, let's go. <laughs> I, I don't even think I, I knew what your first name was for, you know, the first eight months that I was there. It was, it was just, it was just fitty. It was just fitty. Yeah. I actually, uh, <laughs> I called USA the other day and they were like, okay, uh, can you tell us your, the name on the account? And I'm like, yeah, it's Steve Anderson. And they're like, um, no, it's not. And I'm like, well, I got USA when I was at West Point. So is it Fitty? And they're like, yeah, you're, you're Fitty in USA. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I, need to, I probably need to update that. That's pretty good. I like that. So, but Bob, I, Bobby, I appreciate That's it, man. Great. Appreciate you taking the time. Um, you know, always, always good hearing, um, you know, brother stories and, and what they're doing now. Um, and really appreciate it, man. Really do. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was a pleasure speaking with both you guys and, uh, you know, glad I got the opportunity and it was great. I appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate having you on, Bobby. Guys, if you're watching this right now, check out Black Knight Nation. You could follow uh, the Army football program, especially recruiting. It's a mad, mad time for Army recruiting. Lots of commits. I've been writing commit stories like two a day almost for the last week. And uh, check out who's going to be the next uh, future Black Knights and maybe future people we have on this podcast. Uh, thanks again, Bobby, so much for uh, hopping on. And uh, guys, have a great night. All right. Beat them.